The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. Welcome back to my chat with Martin Santis. I hope you enjoyed part one of this episode. Now it's time to hear part two of Martin's story. I have a quote from you here, Martin. And it's, it says diabetes, I think this was an Instagram post that I saw from you recently. And you said, diabetes taught me how to build true inner confidence. Yeah. What did you mean by that? I believe, ready? If you can silently manage this disease and, when th- and, and, and to the point where you're completely independent, there's nobody around you taking care of it. There's, you know, if, if something goes, no, it's you yourself and i feel like the better you are the more confident you are just in who you are as a human it's like it does it does something internally to you that i can't describe until you go through it it's like for example you can't fake making 10 million dollars once you make 10 million dollars you you gain some sort of confidence within yourself you know and the same thing with type 1 diabetes management once you reach a certain point with your own health and again, you knowing how, how complex it is, you knowing how intense it is to give yourself insulin injections and deal with the highs and lows and having to eat and in certain ways and carb count, whatever you do, it, there is its layer of complexity. When you can do that in silence, because this is not like you buy a fancy car and everybody sees it. This is all internal work. This is all yourself. I feel like that, that's, the, that's where true confidence comes from. Yeah, I love that. And it makes so much sense to me hearing you say that <laughs> because I, I, I feel it firsthand every day. And Jack. what's come to my mind on, uh, for me, which is a daily thing, daily thing for everybody when we wake up, this has come to mind when you said that because you spoke there briefly about how kind of like you have fun with it and you love it and you enjoy it and you love taking care of your health. And I I really appreciate that. And oftentimes it's so easy for us to focus on another high blood sugar, another low blood sugar. And it's like those, those spots throughout the day or throughout the week that kind of frustrate us or piss us off. But I like to flip that the other way around. And it's like, well, pinpoint and spot out, when things are going well and it's like a mini success a mini success a mini success every day that you can experience and for me i've had diabetes for for over 10 years and i prioritize it all the time um it's just what i what i like to do obviously like yourself 
And every morning, without fail, the first thing I do is check my blood sugar. Yeah. And when I see, now it's obviously not every single morning in the past 10 years, but when I wake up and look at my blood sugar and see a flat line in range the whole night, Exactly. That's just like come a on, little surge on. of Give dopamine at the start of every day. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't need anybody to tell me anything after that, you know? Yeah. Like, come it's on. like, boom, this is going to be a good day. And you're talking about kind of like almost rewarding yourself. And it's for me, it's those little moments each yeah. day that you can take the enjoyment from. Because yeah. you wake up and knowing that what you had done the night before, to a certain extent, led to you properly resting and sleeping and waking up in range exactly. like, gives you this strange sort of power starting your day. And no one will ever understand yeah, unless yeah. they have type. Now I'm going to give you an example, ready? Because I, I want to talk about more, more about that in the sense where uh, this past week, I literally been waking up with low blood sugars every single day, hmm. every single day been waking up around 50, I saw 48. I'm like, what? like these days are happening. Now, when I'm going through these days, again, the storm is going to come with type 1 diabetes. When I'm going through this, it's not like I wake up and say, oh my gosh, this is what I'm talking about. My life is ruined. I almost just died in my sleep. No, I literally wake up, test my blood sugar level. I see the number. I obviously feel like crap. I, I correct it. I take my sugar tablets. I do what I have to do. In, in 20 to 30 minutes, you know, I'm in a good place. Now, it comes down to the reason why I look at it like that, too, is because I feel like I know why these things are happening. And I'm and I'm sure that this is what you do a lot with clients, too, is help them understand why, like, figure out why this stuff is going on. I feel like if you understand why, you make the, the, the correction that you need in your therapy and, and the way you're managing it. And once you make that correction, you feel good about it, you know? Oh, okay, I corrected it. Now, in my in my case scenario, this had my problem is a long acting insulin problem, where my basal, I got sick, I, I it was like crazy. They gave me steroids, so I had to give I had to give myself a, a lot of insulin to to help me out with that. Mm-hmm. Then I also then I had to go back, I had to go back down, but it got to the point, and I'm also losing a lot of weight because I'm cutting for summer, so like. I was giving myself way too much long acting insulin and I was cutting it back, cutting it back, cutting it back. And I'm surprised to how much I had to cut it back to the point that it stopped the lows that were happening at night. Now, does anyone know that I had to go through that? Yeah. Maybe my own clients, because I use myself as an example, but does anyone know that, you know, my personal life that I had to go through that I had to wake up like that for the last week? No, you know, but I don't look at it as like, Oh, uh, no, nah, I just, I do what I have to do. And again, like you said, it's, it does like something to you, you know, it's like, it's, it's, you look for, you got to just, you, you're keeping yourself alive here. You know, you're, you're working with yourself. It's an interaction with your body. So maybe I have a sick, like a very sick way of looking at this now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> no, it makes sense. It makes sense. I understand. <laughs> and I think that's, that's such an important point to take out is the idea that, Again, like we touched on, it's never going to be perfect. And inevitably, when it's not perfect, in those moments is when we need to kind of have our head screwed on and say, well, right, what's changed? What's led to this? What did I do differently? What can I change? What can I adjust? 
so that again i'm adding tools into that diabetic toolbox so moving forward i know more and more and more and more and when you know more and more and more and more specifically around your own management your body your mind your diabetes that gives you so much confidence managing it day to day yeah and even with that martin do you well i'm presuming you do based on the conversation we've had already but how do you set yourself targets or goals in relation to your diabetes management so i aim to have blood sugar levels between 70 mgdl to 130 mgdl when i try my best my and i give it my absolute all is to emulate the same sugar levels as someone that would have a working pancreas Hmm. and that is a very very healthy my age i don't want to be put at a disadvantage so I, I, I realized that, okay, if I, if I have the same sugar levels as someone with a working pancreas, I could achieve his health and, you know, and, and I'll be good. I, w- I would avoid everything. So that's, those are my ranges hmm. um, personally. Yeah. So do you then break that into any sort of short-term or long-term goals? And I suppose to give my own perspective on it, for me, we're almost we're always led to believe that the a1c is the the holy grail you know and to a certain extent it is because that's a good indicator of where we are over a certain period of time but for me i always like to prioritize the short-term management because our a1c obviously can be an average of the highs and lows that we're having and on paper our number could be a healthy range but we could know well my quality of life each day isn't ideal because I'm constantly high and I'm constantly low. So for me, I like to prioritize my time and range because yeah. I know my time and range is almost a direct indicator of how I feel each day. Mm-hmm. And short term, if I'm constantly prioritizing my time and range, inevitably my long term A1C is going to be where I want it. Yeah. So do you almost just live day to day with that target of, I think you said 72 to 130 or do you do anything else? You don't have to do anything else because essentially I live day to day too. Yeah. So, so, so for me, again, I feel like I have, I know what I want out of my life. Like it it, it goes more personal because I feel like if people put superficial goals, they're going to get a super thing out of uh, like Mm -hmm. a superficial thing out of it. I go by the day by day. There's days that I'm stressed out and I'm a little bit more lenient with myself. You know, maybe I eat and I don't want to, again, it's so, it's so unique to, to what's going on in your, in your actual life. But how much slack are you willing to give yourself? So I told myself, okay, nothing at the end of the day is more important than my health. And I went deeper than that. I said, I want to be in a good place in my future where I want to see my wife that I don't have, my kids that I don't have. I want them to see a person that is healthy. I want them to see someone that can provide for them, that they can feel safe around. I want to be someone that my mom can see that's healthy. And I, and again, the reason why I'm saying this is because I went way deeper than just like, if you're thinking about A1C, like, okay, I got to get my A1C. That, that, just, just focus on making your life as normal as possible. 
and that's the way I look at it. I want my life to be normal in the sense where I don't want to deal with sugar level fluctuations and lows and highs. I and also I want to live a very very long healthy life where I don't have to deal with certain things. If and and it, and it's hard to say this. I believe that's why I don't like to work with young clients because their intentions are just not there. You know, it's much easier to work with somebody that's in their 30, 35, 40s because they already have a family. They already know it's easier. You know, it's like okay, I need to do this. Like there is no there. Like I have to. It has to come down now. You could do micro. You could do. You could do the way you look at it. I I think it's very specific. I go like you, like very day by day kind of go with it but just my long-term goals are just very rooted like i really know what i want out of my health and my life and i feel like i recommend that to everybody it's a good exercise you know sit down with yourself and just write it out what the what do you want out of your health what do you want out of your life with type 1 diabetes do you want you know to to just deal with these fluctuations do you want to you know deal with high sugar levels because you know at the end of the day you could say oh they don't really bother me but Let's be real. It's always going to be in the back of your mind. So again, I, I, I feel like you got to get real with yourself when it comes to this, because this is, this is something serious, you know, it's something real. And, and the, the more rooted you are in, in what you want, I feel like the more easier it's going to come. But again, it's, it's, yeah, that's my way. I, <laughs> you touched on the impact that it might have, or even it did have, or does have, on your mother and i think that's another important thing to highlight and oh, I i'm know a big mama's boy yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah, a big mama's yeah. <laughs> but that was for me and i to be honest and my parents listen to this podcast and to be honest we never really had a conversation about how do i phrase this we never really i never had a conversation with them about how i was worried about how they feel now, I obviously knew yeah, that that's a, they yeah, that's did and do worry. But for me, almost from day one, I knew that, look, it's a very personal condition. It's a very sometimes isolating condition to live with. But within my circumstance and my family, I have obviously a very close family. And I knew that it wasn't just impacting me. Yeah. So I knew that the more time and effort I put into my own management the more confidence I had with my own management that would be with my parents too that would be reflected in how they feel too and I knew that if I'm healthy and safe and happy that means my parents don't have to worry as much as well so how do you feel your I suppose your mother's worry had changed all right, so that, that's when, actually this, yeah, you these were, are awesome topics. These are these yeah. are awesome. Yeah. So, so how do you so, feel she changed from when, let's say, that first six months where you were in a really dark place compared to how you are now? All right. So this is this is what I did, right? What I did, because you gotta understand who my mom is. <laughs> my mom <laughs> cannot help me with type one diabetes. I, I love her to the end of day, but like it's just I'm more understanding of actually what's going on so i knew straight off the bat that i was in this by myself like my parents were just there for support at this point because now 
I didn't like that my mom was on top. Like, I didn't like my mom seeing me like this and her feeling helpless. So that's what made got me all screwed up because I don't want my mom to see me as like someone, you know, that's unhappy because of this. Because I knew that what that was doing to her, she was she was like blaming herself. And this is what mothers do because I, I have a lot of moms send me messages on type uh, on my um, Instagram. They tell me all the time how they feel like it's their fault, you know, and they, they take this blame and they try so hard to 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 you know to help the child. And in my case, I was already old enough and I, and I put on my big boy pants very early on. I said, no, my mom is, no, and to this day, she has no idea the complexity of type one diabetes. Like she, she understands like when I have a low, she has no idea how, like she understands this, that it's severe, but I want to say like, I did a very good job at her not seeing any of the ugly side of type one diabetes because I didn't want her to. I felt like it's it's not her fault she has nothing to do with it and it's just i'm a huge mama's boy so for me it was like like yeah she's she's gonna look at me she's gonna see a strong healthy son i'm not gonna let this disease do that and again it all started with that one decision i had back in the day and that's a big drive for me and to this day now she knows that i eat low carb so you know when she cooks food you know she makes sure that i have low carb and she does very She's like very uh, attuned to my diet, which helps me immensely. Hmm. Give me an overview, Martin, of a normal day of food for you, because I have a feeling my <laughs> diet and your diet are going to be completely different. Yes, so you're obviously a massive low carb advocate. So what does a normal day of eating actually look like for you? Okay, so now I I eat. Okay, so Monday through Friday, I kind of like to be more on a structured routine just because it helps me with my weight loss and it helps me be more structured with work and stuff. Mm. So for the most part, I actually fast and until like maybe one o'clock, maybe, maybe sometimes three o'clock, four o'clock. It's kind of like whatever's going on with my body and, and how I'm feeling. But I, I like to fast. I like to work out fasted. So I just, just to throw that out there. Uh, I, I like also to eat in large quantities. I don't like eating small portion meals. And that's why I wanted to say that. So when I do eat, I usually eat like a, let me see what a general meal looks like. I will eat like 60 grams of protein of chicken in a salad with my favorite Chipotle ranch dressing sauce, right? So I'll prepare the salad myself. And then for dinner, or I snack in between, if I snack, I, I, I take a protein shake or, uh, what else do I use for snack? Uh, peanuts for snacks. Um, what else do I got? I got, uh, I'll talk about snacks in a little bit, but then my, my other big meal, which is dinner time, is usually some sort of a large amount of protein, which dinner time may be 60 to 80 grams of protein, steak, chicken, fish, um, also a nice size of vegetables like spinach, broccoli, anything that's green. And then if I'm hungry later at night, I, I either have some 
you know, some more protein, some more chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so if, I, if I'm getting very clear, I get these Quest cookies that are protein cookies. Mm. They, and also uh, like Rebel ice cream. But again, I have like snacks and uh, like my meals vary a lot. But this is, I was trying to kind of break it down as much as possible. Mm. So you mentioned that you're kind of leaning down or trying to shed a bit of body fat, let's say for the, for the summer, are you monitoring and tracking your calories at the moment? No. Okay. What do you no. think your calories overall throughout the day would be? Cause I'm trying to compare it to mine to, I'd say <laughs> to around, see what the difference. I, I'd say around that, man, I could eat. I, I hate to say this, but it, it varies a lot. Like right now that I'm trying to lean down, I'd probably say around 2000. Okay. But like there's days that I could put 3,000, 4,000 calories by, the, by how much I actually eat. So that, let's say two, two and a half thousand average. Is that two and a half primarily coming from obviously protein and fat if your carb intake is so low? Like what would an average, Yeah, yeah what, what would your what, average number of carbs be each day? It's not really the carbs that I look for because I I eat kidney beans sometimes. You know, I, consecutive. I I'm someone that likes to eat similar meals consecutively Monday through Friday. Weekends I like to be lenient, and go out places, and try low carb foods. But month like I would eat kidney beans that have sixty grams of carbs. But the reason why I would do specifically kidney beans because it's low on glycemic index. So I don't do low carb necessarily because of like oh low carb. I do low carb just because if it's my lifestyle and I like to keep my diabetes management at minimal as possible. Mm. So for example, I would do 60 grams of carbs on kidney beans, which already kind of goes over that low carb because usually low carb is like 15 to 20. Mm. But the fact that I can control the kidney beans, I would do it. And, and another set of carbs that I, that I would do, for example, would be 20 grams of like spinach with cream. So the cream adds its calorie, the fat, because I like to make my food taste good. So I add a lot of fat, unfortunately, which is not bad, but it, it, it brings up like a, other certain things like, oh, too much fat leads to cholesterols and all that stuff, which the main thing I focus on is making sure I get the, the proper protein amount in the meal and also some sort of greens, you know, mm -hmm. avocado or vegetables. So it's not really I do low carb because of like, you know, I, I feel like it, it gets a bad rep with like, I did name my dog Keto though. Like my dog's name is actually Keto. <laughs> did you? <laughs> because of, because this diet, this way of eating changed my life. And when I say it changed my life, it brought more normality, like my life back to normal in a way. Mm. I was going to ask how many, like, can you explain to me what a full day of eating looks like? Because I got a ton of questions for you, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Let's flip this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please, please. Because, yeah. I suppose I was asking you about that, Martin, because, and like I said briefly earlier, we all have the same goal in the sense that our goal is to live a healthy, happy, long life with type 1 diabetes. Yeah. And in my opinion, there are ways around eating pretty much every type of food, but some foods can be a lot easier to manage blood sugar-wise than other foods, which is, which is pretty obvious. Okay, so I want to make sure we're both on the same page. That is exactly what I preach. Like yeah. exactly what you, 
look, I have clients that they say, Martin, you're not taking away my carbs from me. And I said, I don't care. It, it, the, the, the concept, the principle is the same. You know, it's just some foods are longer, uh, take more to manage than other foods. Um, my, my AirPod is about to run out of battery. So if it does, I have to switch to, to another one. So continue, no just, problem. just giving you a heads up, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So for me, and you've said it yourself, you want to kind of replicate how a normal functioning pancreas works. Yeah. And I run a lot of, let's, let's call them self tests with various different types of foods and obviously research different types of foods and impacts and all mm-hmm. these kind of things. And of course there are easier foods blood sugar wise than others, but there's always ways around it in terms of delayed and extended boluses and split boluses and adjusting ratios and these kind of things. So we can accommodate for any type of food, but some types of foods are just a lot more complicated to accommodate for. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I suppose to answer your question, what a normal day for me <laughs> eating looks like. <laughs> in terms of the nutritional side of things, overall, I'd say I get average 350, 400 grams of carbs a day. I have a minimum of a gram of protein per pound of body weight, which is in and around 180, 190 pounds. And then the rest essentially will make up fat. My overall calories are roughly 32 to 3,500 a day. And I always naturally stay pretty lean because my output is so much. Because Ah. I do a lot of running. I train pretty much every day. So 32 to 3,500 calories (laughs) seems like a lot of food. And it is a lot of food. And for the vast well, you're majority. a big boy. You're you're a big boy. You gotta eat. You gotta feed yeah. the boys. <laughs> but like, so if I wasn't to move and train and exercise as much as I do, thirty two to thirty five hundred calories would be a massive surplus of calories each day. But because I balance it with my physical output, I pretty much stay quite lean year round, and. Mm. For me, I've kind of experimented with high carb, low carb, high fat, low fat, all these different diets that various other <laughs> various types of people recommend. And I love to yeah. test out what I feel works the best for me. And for me and my diabetes management specifically, I want to enjoy the food that I eat. And I'm not saying that you don't at all. Yeah, I'm saying I, the way that I enjoy my food is the way that I eat my food right now. And I know that if I carb count and know my ratios and all my basal rates and understand exercise and understand pre-boluses and split boluses, I can eat the way I like. And I have clients who eat really high carb and I have clients like you, Martin, who eat pretty much no carb. And it's important that we all eat the way that we want to eat in a sustainable... Exactly. a maintainable way long-term because what I always say is our diabetes isn't going anywhere anytime soon, unfortunately. So if we can manage it in a realistic, sustainable and enjoyable way each day, for me, that's the most important thing. 
Yeah, and and you you nailed it. You you nailed it in every in, in every way too. And I I want everybody listening to this to understand that as well as that there is no one size fits all. And if somebody tells you that, run the other way because nobody's <laughs> gonna know you more than you know yourself, your lifestyle. Now, my background, my culture, I'm from Argentina. It's, we eat a lot of steak and it's just the way I eat, again, it just fits me so well. It's like, to me, it's effortless. It's not restrictive at all. Like to me, it's, I like it. And the reason why I eat the way I eat too, like you said, I just eat foods that are extremely easy. Let's just put it simply as that. That My goal was, I don't want to deal with type one diabetes. So I want to eat in a way where it's just like very, very easy to manage. Now, if, and I also only use injections and finger pricks. I don't have a CGM. I don't have a pump. So if I would have more access maybe to, to take, I don't even know if I would want to eat like that just because I enjoy myself so much the way I eat and just like you do. And that's why it's the main thing is something that's sustainable and, and maintainable. Now, my question to you is how do you like, Give me a, do you eat like pasta? Like how would you manage pasta in a, in a way? Like, would you get like an initial spark, uh, spike or you can like handle that spike pretty well? Um, yeah. So kind of like walk me to like, like through like a, like a high carb meal, because I, the reason why I'm asking you is because I know that you have a lot of information within yourself and, and you know how working out affects everything. So I, mm. I would love to kind of see how you go about that. Like, give me a high carb uh, meal and in, in, in mm. the process yeah so the one <laughs> the one that's come to my mind first is pretty simple but one of the biggest meals that i would have right and that would be four tur- <laughs> now i wouldn't recommend anybody eating this meal but it's just what i like four <laughs> turkey burgers and four brioche buns with those turkey burgers right so the carb count oh, is about i think 120 130 altogether the fat is about maybe like 30. The protein is like 80. So it's a massive meal, right? So I yeah. wouldn't recommend many people eating it. Unless you work out, you got to understand, you you, you got to feed the boy sometimes. You got you to, you know, <laughs> like you got to get bigger. Yeah so. yeah. so for me, when I look at a meal that big, right, I know I initially need to counteract the carbohydrate. Now, again, this is just me, my body, my diabetes, right? Nobody copied this exactly right? Because you're going to be different. I know I need to initially accommodate for the carbohydrate, but I also know because it's super high in fat and because it's super high in protein, I'm likely going to expect and experience a delayed spike. Mm. So what I do is I carb count the total carb count using my fitness pal, which is an easy app. I divide that by my ratio. So let's say the total carb count is 130, right? And I'm dividing by my ratio, which currently is about 1 to 25, right? So 130 divided by 25. So that means I'm taking five units of insulin, right? I'm going to round down. So five units of insulin as a regular pre-bolus, 15 minutes before I eat the food. Mm -hmm, So I've mm -hmm. taken my five units, I eat the food. That avoids any immediate rapid spike from the carbohydrate. But as I said, because I know it's super high in fat, super high in protein, I'm going to expect a delayed spike. Now, there are various different formulas you can use to calculate exactly how much insulin you may need for that protein and for that fat. They can be quite complicated, so I'm not going to go into it. 
mm-hmm. without any visuals at the moment. Yeah, no, no. This, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, this, yeah. And this is what I do to give clients an idea. I actually only did a training with clients last week about how you can work these numbers out and what you think you might need. But anyway, to give you an idea, I've taken my five units of insulin pre-bolus of 15 minutes. I eat the meal. And then about an hour and a half after I finish the meal, I'll take the insulin required for the delayed spike from the fat and the protein. So essentially, it's a split bolus to counteract the larger meal. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that makes sense. Now, now, how how does your graph look throughout that whole process? Do you have like an, a, a spikes at all, or you do like very well at just managing the spike in general, like for be, the like the next four hours? To be honest, I'm I'm flatlined a lot of like vast majority of the time. That's awesome. That that right there takes very good precision. See, and that's what the, the point that I, I try to make with everybody when it comes to when I talk to them is that if you're going to eat the carbs that you want to eat, if you want to enjoy the meals that you actually want to eat, well, then get ready to understand how to actually track it. And when mm-hmm. things don't go your way, you know, or when you're trial and error, because I bet it was a lot of trial and error to figure that out. Like, big time, you know, and, and that's why, you know, you, you, you go to people that understand this because it's the shortcut, you know, mm-hmm. all, all the, all the amount of sugar levels that you see, you probably can figure things out really quick. Same thing with me. I, I see my own sugar levels and I see so many people's sugar levels that, you know, there's, there's certain things that just come much faster when you understand it. Now, I just don't want to put in that work to be honest. That's why I don't need the cars. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with yeah. you. Like, like to me, it's like, okay, I'm going to eat. You're going to eat your turkey burgers. I'm going to eat four smoke shacks at Shake Shack. Oh, bacon, cheese, four patties on lettuce wrap. And I probably only would have to inject one unit for that because it's just all fat. And the fat just takes forever, you know, to kind of go down. But, and it works for me. And again, it has to do with the exercise I do. Also, I'm a very active person myself. But I do still have to, you know, bolus for protein and fats as well. But it's mm. much easier in that sense. And and this is this is what makes it very unique. Like you said, it makes it it's it's there's no one size fits all. It's what you prefer, what you enjoy, what you can maintain. Mm. And that's yeah. why I was looking forward to this conversation so much because it perfectly highlights how different we can manage our diabetes. But the core and the fundamental and the foundations of it all is still that goal to live healthy, live long and live happy with your diabetes. And it's what we can enjoy, what we can sustain, what we can maintain long-term. And I think it's a perfect example of how, as you say yourself, Martin, there is no one size fits all. It's about what you can do each day and what you enjoy doing each day to get the most and get the best out of your diabetes. Exactly, exactly. And, and for, for the most part too, I like to say that it just so has to do so much with how you look at it. It's like, how do you view yourself? You know, it's like, yeah, we, it's tough. I mean, Hey, we, we are rare. We, everyone listening to this and, you know, also 
just know that you, this is this is a journey that you this is unique you know but in a way that adds more flavor to who you are as a person <laughs> that's absolutely. how i like to see it absolutely i've one more question for you martin before i let you go right yeah yeah and i'm gonna try and say this one slowly because the last couple of times i've asked it my accent got the question wrong for, for, for the person on, on the podcast. So if you had the opportunity to thank your diabetes for something, what would that be? For teaching me what I'm actually capable of doing if I put my mind to it. Yeah. Do you feel you wouldn't have noticed that if you weren't diagnosed? Absolutely not. There's no way it, in hell that I would have been the person who I am now if I wasn't diagnosed. And in a way, it opened my eyes to the reality of life. You know, life, you know, some people tend to take things for granted. I appreciate every single insulin shot I give myself. And I'm just thankful I'm still around because if this was back then, I wouldn't have been here. And in a way, my family would have lost me. And again, it's just all perspective. It's it 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 shapes you, and it's continuing teaching me stuff. You know, mm. I love that. Thank you, Martin. I appreciate it. And again, I really appreciate how honest you are throughout this episode because I know we have a lot of listeners who are from different places and are going through different things and live within different circumstances. So I know there's a lot of people that will get a lot of benefit from your story. So I appreciate you being as honest. So where can Martin? People connect with you. Where can people find out more about you? Instagram, just at Martin Santis. If you want to go on YouTube, Martin Santis, everything. Uh, if you want to go on Facebook, Martin Santis, everything Martin Santis. So connect, send me messages. I'm always looking forward to talk to new type 1 diabetics, connect with others. And hopefully like... Not just me. I want to also thank you for 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 doing this podcast. I know these podcasts really really have an effect in people's lives because they get to hear a perspective, you know, a unique perspective in people's lives. And you just doing this is is really really helpful for others. So happy you're doing this, man. I appreciate that, and I appreciate your time, Martin. And for anyone listening, if you don't follow Martin yet, make sure you do because he puts out a lot of really really helpful mindset and just physical tactics, strategies we can use to live the best way with with type 1 diabetes. So give him a follow. Martin, thank you so much again. And I'll chat to you soon. Another massive thank you to Martin for coming on and sharing his story with us. I really appreciated his honesty within that first six months because I know a lot of people listening, we all have different experiences with our diagnosis. We all have different feelings and emotions in terms of how we react and respond to our diagnosis. So I was really happy to hear of how honest Martin was and to see that he was in such a dark place, but is now, as he said himself, in a better place than he was even prior to his diagnosis. And I think that amazing transformation to think of the fact that his life in his mind was over to now saying, again, he's in a better place because of his diabetes is an unreal thing to hear. And as well, I was looking forward to that episode because I was really interested to hear about Martin's daily nutritional habits because he's super low carb, 
I am pretty consistently high carb. So there are obviously very different ways to manage your diabetes. And it just goes to show you that, as we said in the episode with Martin, we all have the same goal. We all want to be the best with our diabetes that we can be. And how we reach that goal each day is essentially down to us. Do I want to eat low carb? Do I want to eat high carb? How do I want to eat? It can be so different, but what suits you, what suits me, is the best for you and the best for me. That kind of rhymes. But but as I always say, all type 1 diabetes is the same. No type 1 diabetic is the same. And for me, one of my main takeaways from that episode with Martin is the idea that we should get some enjoyment from our management day to day. And I know that's a strange concept to even try and consider because it's like, well, how can I get enjoyment from this condition that I live with? But if we can pinpoint those moments in our day that we can take a positive or a benefit or a good moment of the day about our diabetes, you're almost always going to be at an advantage in your own head about your own diabetes. So try and find enjoyment with it. Stay consistent. Do what you need to do. Don't allow it to dictate what you do and what you don't do. Make reasonable and rational decisions to benefit your health each day, but do not let it completely control what you do. And it shouldn't. And as always, appreciate you listening. If you haven't started following Martin, if you have not connected with Martin, be sure to do so. I will have his links below in the description. He has a lot of valuable information that he offers through social, through his Instagram, through his Facebook. So be sure to get on board with that. As always, appreciate your time. Appreciate your ears. Have a good day. Have a good week. Look after those blood sugars. And I will chat to you soon. Take it easy.